0: I want to get into a message uh, real quick right here. We'll start out right in Acts chapter 13. The title of this message is, I call it, The Crooks of the Matter. The Crooks of the Matter. Acts chapter 13. We'll start in verse 14 and want to jump right in. The Bible says, from Pergia, or Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you had a message, if you've got a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Now, this is um, Paul's first missionary journey. And um, we'll take a look at that. There's a map I wanted to show you. But uh, from Jerusalem, they set out for Antioch. And in Antioch, Paul and Barnabas spent a lot of time there. A lot of folks came to the Lord. That became really the the central um, home for Christianity. Matter of fact, they were first called Christians at Antioch above uh, northern Israel there. And then from there, they were being sent out. The apostles, prophets were together there. They were fasting and praying. They laid hands on Paul and Barnabas and sent them out. And now they're traveling. They first go to the island of Cyprus. They go all the way across the island, preaching to everybody there. Then they go across to what is now modern day Turkey, Asia Minor. And they come to this area of uh, Persia. And now they're also in Pisidian Antioch, which is another town with the same name. Okay. Okay. And here they're preaching and the custom was they would go to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. So they would go into the Sabbath and they were at the the Sabbath uh, in the synagogue. And they entered the synagogue, sat down and um, the custom was they would read from the book of the law and read from the prophets. And here's this group of men had come in from out of town and uh, there's a, a stir around in the people. They know they're preaching and teaching And so the rulers of the synagogue said, okay, guys, um, if you have something to say, we want to welcome you, go ahead, preach to us. Let us know what is the message that you have for us. And this is interesting because in this story, Acts chapter 13, Paul's whole message is written for us, his whole sermon that day. And we're going to look at it and we're going to get into the crux of the matter, the, the most important Uh, Part of the message, the decisive or most important point, the meat, the core, the heart, the bottom line of the message we want to focus on today. Because it is this word that's changing lives. It is this word why Fresh Start works. It is the word why the power of the gospel is going out for 2,000 years and it's been spreading all of this time. It's just uh, amazing. So praise the Lord. Let's look at it. Amen. Chapter 13. Uh, now, let's go on. After reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word saying, brothers, if you have a message, speak. Verse 16. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God. There in the synagogue Jews and Gentiles uh, to, had come together to hear. Listen to me. Now he begins to just kind of summarize the whole Old Testament story. He's summarizing uh, the the message of the Israelites. He's summarizing the God of the Israelites and what he had done to them. The the whole Old Testament, but his focus, because they already knew it, every um, Sabbath for all of their life, they'd come and they would read from the law, read from the prophets. These Jews, they understood the Old Testament very clearly. I mean, they could, um, you know, recite their heritage of their fathers all the way back to Abraham and all the way back to Adam. They understood the law. They knew. So he just summarizes that part. Let's look at it. Standing up, he motioned with his hand. he says, verse 17, the God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt with a mighty hand. He led them out of that country Man, there's a, you know, whole story of Exodus and he sums it up in just, you know, one line there. They endured their, he endured their conduct for 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people for their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. So he goes through 450 years in that one paragraph, Right. But his focus, here he is as a new town, he's in his um, first missionary journey, and praise God, he's got something to say, all right? He's got something to say, he's got something to share, and he knows that these folks understand the Old Testament, understand the law, they've heard it all their lives, but he's got a message for them. After this, he says, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, so he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin. He ruled for 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David their king. And then he testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Everything I want him to do. So I've found David. David. A man after mine own heart, he's talking about, and he says this, he says, from this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Now, folks, you can go back and in the book of Matthew and look at the genealogy as Matthew is, you know, writing his gospel for the Jews that understand uh, the genealogy. And he he went from Abraham, you know, all the way to David and then from David to the Savior. So he he shows that. And it says, you know, from from David, it's prophesied that the son of David. So in the natural line, we can see Jesus came through the lineage of David. And they knew that the Messiah would come from that line so now uh, Paul is opening that up for, for him and reminding them about that okay from this man's descendants God brought to Israel the Savior Jesus as he promised now he's preaching now he begins preaching the gospel praise the Lord he says before the coming of Jesus John Pete preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not that one. Some thought John was the Messiah. No, the one coming after me, his sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Then Paul begins to open it up. Brothers, children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus, In in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. So now, you know, people have begun to hear about Jesus... Uh, they thought he might have been a prophet. Uh, they thought he might have been trying to stir up to raise an army to overthrow Rome. Uh, he knew, they knew that the Pharisees in the temple rejected him. They knew there was a lot of stir. They had probably heard some things going on about this Jesus, about uh, some 's claim that he healed them and, and uh, he 's traveling from town to town and then you know they hear about the crucifixion and now paul 's bringing him bringing them a, an eyewitness account he 's bringing them the word. Praise the Lord. He's opening up the revelation for them and he's telling them, praise the Lord, that they found no proper ground for a death sentence. They asked Pilate for him to be executed. Follow with me along verse 29. When they had carried out all that was written about him. So he's showing them that, hey, these things were written. You read about it every Sabbath when you're reading the law and the prophets. You are reading about him. They took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. Verse 30. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. So, man, he he goes straight. He, uh, he summarizes the Old Testament. He reminds them they've been reading about this Messiah all their life. And now he's saying, this Jesus that you probably heard about, this Jesus, he's the one. He was raised from the dead. He was seen by many people for over 40 days. And I'm here to proclaim him to you. Amen. Everybody with me? So you can imagine the people there sitting in that synagogue, hearing all of this. And now these men have come and they open up. They say, okay, preach to us. What do you have to say? And he begins to preach this truth. Verse 32. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled to us their children by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, now he starts quoting some prophecies that they know about. You are my son. I have become, today I have become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead, never to decay, is stated in these words I will give you the Holy One, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is stated elsewhere, you will not let your holy ones see decay. So he's showing them that this Jesus, it was prophesied about him, his body, not seeing decay. And I'm proclaiming that he was raised from the dead and his body didn't decay in that grave. He's proving to them by their own scriptures and showing them that Jesus Christ is the one that they should have been expecting all along. That he's the one that's come to save the world. And he's using their own scriptures to show them this truth. Now, the Bible says in verse 36, for when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and he was buried. His fathers and his body decayed, but the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Now, the title of this message, the crooks of the matter, the meat of the message is these next two lines that Paul's about to tell them. And it is a radical word in that day. And it's still a radical word today. Here it is. After setting him up, after opening the Old Testament scriptures to him, after preparing their heart with the truth of the word, he says this. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. The forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. These Jews came up under the law. They knew that, you know, the wrath of God. They knew the thou shalt nots. They knew they broke the law. All of the rituals that they had to do and everything that they had to come present at the temple. And yet they never felt right with God or holy because they would, it would never last. It would have to year after year be done over and over. And yet now he's telling them through this Jesus, you can ultimately have forgiveness completely of all your sins now you can know that through jesus this one i'm telling you that they crucified on that cross back there i'm here to tell you i have met him we have seen him he's alive praise the lord and this jesus is the messiah that was written about all of that time you've been reading he's the one and through him you can be completely forgiven We're here to proclaim the good news. Wow. Then he says this. Through him, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Everyone who believes is justified. Just take that in. Circle verse 38 and 39. He's telling these Jews that had worked hard all their life to try to live and follow the law. He's saying through this Jesus, everyone who does what? Believes Believes is justified. And Paul doesn't qualify that. Everyone who believes and does this Everyone who believes and does that. Everyone who believes and does all of this list of our synagogue. Everyone who believes and follows the letter of the law of our denomination. Everyone who believes and, you know, prays every bead on the rosary. Everyone who believes and goes to all these confessions. Everyone who believes and does this, this, and this. No, he doesn't qualify it at all. He says, this Jesus has come to forgive you. sin and everyone who believes is justified wow what a radical message it's still radical today paul got criticized for it then we get criticized for it now it's the ultimate i want to tell you something watch what he says next Everyone who believes is justified. Now he gets specific. From everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. Folks, he's in a synagogue on the Sabbath. They've been studying the law all their life. And the prophets all their life. And they, the ones who are keeping the law better than the next guy are feeling a little more proud of themselves. But he's saying, this one Jesus, whom the Jews had Pilate execute, he rose from the grave, and through your belief in what I'm telling you now about him, is the only way you can be justified. And when you're justified by him, by believing in him, hey, you're justified from everything the rules and regulations couldn't justify you from. Folks, I believe this is good news. Amen. Amen? There's one that came that fulfilled all of the law that we could not fulfill, and then he paid the price of the law, death, hallelujah, for all of us, that we who believe this message, we who believe that Jesus paid it for me, We're justified by our faith alone. Hello? Justified, and then he continues specifically. By what you could not be justified from the law of Moses. That word justified, guys, I like to teach it this way so it's easy to understand. Justified means just as if I'd never done it. I've been justified in the sight of God just as if I'd never sinned. Oh, all these lights are shining on me. Lord God, if I'm lying to these people, strike me dead. (laughs) People say stuff like that. It doesn't scare me. I'm not afraid. I have a right relationship with God. I'm in right standing with my Father God. And I'm sure of it because I'm in right standing with my Father God. Not because of what I have done, but because of what Jesus, my Savior, has done for me. Justified. I can run freely into the Father's lap. I don't have to go through the rituals of all of the religious duties. I'm justified by one thing, my faith in Him. Hallelujah. Folks, you talk about a radical message. Is radical then. It's radical now. Now, watch this. He comes behind it. Because he knows what's about to happen. Wow. Look at this. Verse 40. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers. Wonder and perish. He's quoting from Habakkuk here. He's quoting from the Old Testament prophet that saw ahead of time this message of grace coming, freely given to all who believe, and many scoffing at it and saying, No, it can't be this easy. We can't just believe in this Jesus. We have to keep the law. We have to do this, this, and this. We have to be evaluated. We have to be approved by the leaders of the church. We have to do this, this, and this. It can't be this. I'm going to scoff at it and not believe it. That's what he was talking about when he said, look, you scoffers. He was talking about the religious at the time. Wow. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I am going to do something in your days that would seem you would never believe even if someone told you. That's how radical the message was. Guys, I'm just, I'm just um, reading the message Paul preached which is the gospel, which is the good news. Now watch what happened, praise the Lord. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things the next Sabbath. I said, man, dude, would y'all come back next Saturday, next Sabbath, and preach this same message? We got to go tell people to come hear it. This is news to us. We've never heard it like this before. Hey, go and go we're going to go get everybody. Would you come back and preach this same message to everyone? Folks, that's happening, man. Got an email this week. Several have been preparing to go preach this message, this truth and unveil it to pastors and leaders. And they're saying, "God's hey, we've never seen a conference come together like this so quickly. And even on a weekday, they're coming together. We have now uh, over 400. You're allowed at budget. We don't know what we're going to do. We're turning them away. In Zimbabwe, they emailed and said, we've got 700 budgeted, but there's 920 registered. These aren't just people. These are pastors. What are they coming for? It's not... The music it's not just the new dress. It's not the uh, what we're doing in children's church It's the word praise the Lord. It's the message of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ It's the goodness of God that you can be justified by your faith not by your religious or your religious duties God is open blowing the lids on this just like he did there and everyone who hears like wow We've got that's why the church is growing the truth of the word. The good news of the gospel is in us, flowing through us, reaching out through a rehab, bringing in the lost, the sinner, the bound, the hurting. And it's not uh, duties and rules and regulations that set you free. It's the good news of the word of God. Hallelujah. So, man, would y'all come back and preach this again? Follow the story with me. I'd like it to... Let me hear a page flip. There we go. You ladies brought your Bibles. Good. Amen. Bring your Bibles. Turn your pages. Look at it on your phone. Whatever you got to do. See it for yourself. Amen. On the next Sabbath, watch this, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Are you hearing this? Paul's first time in this city, first missionary journey, goes into one synagogue. Preaches the word and they're like, whoa, dude, we've never heard it like this before. Come back and do it again next. We're going to have them all. And they went and told the whole town. And then the Bible says the next Sabbath, the whole city turned out. It says almost the whole city. It's always a few that, you know, I ain't, I ain't going there. You know, it's always a few. The whole city comes out. Watch this. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord when the Jews... When the Jews saw the crowds, they were like way rejoicing. No. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively about what Paul is doing. Why? Because he's preaching the grace, the good news that you can be justified by believing in Jesus. And you couldn't be justified by observing the law. And it's rubbing the Jews wrong. And now the whole crowd comes. You know what? They weren't so mad. Just like today, Andrew. They're not so upset out there around that over the message of grace. They're upset because of the crowd. If we're preaching this grace and there's no crowd, they don't give a flip. But if the crowd start gathering... The folks in the religious are saying, why are they going there? Look, is that what it says? They were jealous and upset because of the crowd. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Where this truth of the gospel of grace is being preached, churches are growing and expounding. You can't in the cities. You can hardly build it fast enough. They're running two and three services. It's busting out of the seams. Why? Because it's the truth, man. And others are saying, hmm, I don't know what they're doing over there. They must be just doing too much entertainment. That's why they're having a crowd. They must be, you know, have too much freedom. That's why they got a crowd. They're preaching too much grace. That's why they're having a crowd. Whoo. Same spirit. Look at it, church. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly We had to speak the word of God to you first Since you rejected it And does not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life We now turn to the Gentiles Folks is there some here That you struggle in your Christianity Because you can't get over the fact that it's free gift You can't get over that by the blood of Jesus Christ, you've been made righteous and you want to add to it by doing some of your own works and you keep falling and struggling because you've got to make it something you've done instead of the fact that Jesus has done it all. As the young man said, to tetelestai, yeah. it is finished. Everything you need to do for salvation has been done in me. Receive salvation from me. See, church, let me go a little bit let me give you a practical matter on this. Okay. Everyone who believes is justified. Some will say, well, Pastor Dave, you need to qualify some of your statements. You need to settle down and ease up on this grace teaching. Don't The, the people need to, you better have them and give them, you know, at least 10 rules to follow. You better have them do this, this and this before you tell them you're saved. No, man, I'm going to preach the the, the, I'm going to preach the cross, the truth of his resurrection and preach that we're justified by believing in our faith and watch it work. Then I'm seeing lives transformed. I'm seeing people live holy. Hallelujah. I'm seeing their life transformed, not because we're modifying their behavior. The reason we see their behavior modified is because their heart has been transformed. I'm into heart transformation, not behavior modification. When the heart is transformed and you're from within, hallelujah, that inside of you, Christ, starts to come out. Yes, it might be little by little. Yes, we might not see it all at once. But praise God, I want to tell you, if this is the leap we have to take from an ungodly sinner bound by the sin of Adam in us to this leap of being right with God, I'm telling you, it doesn't come by earning it step by step. It comes by faith in Jesus and you are here by believing. Now, after you're here in the spirit, We have this treasure in an earthen vessel, and yes, there's steps to take as we grow in it. But I'm telling you to see yourself in Christ holy, and that, knowing you're loved and knowing you're right, will make you have a smile on your face while you're going through these steps. Hello? Because really, it is finished. Finished. And God's walking back through time in your life. He's already been to the end. And he's the beginning at the same time. You don't have to reason that out. If any man be in Christ, a new creation is who you are. Now, praise the Lord. Testifying. Paul said in Acts 20, 24, he's getting to the end of his journey in life. He said, You know, to me, it's all about my tasks, accomplishing my task, finishing my work. And my task was to testify to the gospel of God's grace. You see, grace isn't a part, one page of the doctrine of God. Grace isn't one of the topics. Grace is the whole thing. The good news is of grace. Grace is not getting, grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting the punishment we do deserve. When I believed in Jesus, mercy kissed me on one cheek and grace on the other, and I hadn't been the same since. I get salvation even though I don't deserve it. And if you ever think you're getting to the point where you passed rehab and you did this and you did that, now you deserve a relationship with God, you can't have it. It's only when you know you can't and you receive it by grace is it imparted to you. Hello? Amen. Hey, Paul made it real plain. We just, Andrew, we just preach it like Paul. It comes out real plain, right? I'm just using his words, man. It's the message. It's the same message. And yet, God's opening up deeper understanding to the church around the world. And here's what happened. I'm prophesying to you now. The body of Christ from this denomination... In this one, in this country, in this one, in black and white and yellow and red and here and here. We are growing together as one. As we grow in this truth of the gospel of grace, we're becoming one with Christ. And as we become one, the church is shining because we're being conformed to the image of Christ. And as we're conformed to the image of Christ, the people out there are seeing the glory of God in his church. And it's happening around the world. And we're a part of the end time revival now and I don't have time to play religious games with false doctrine talking to a man yesterday talking to him and said well I asked him hey well man you a believer? What, what, what church you go to? I asked that question it's okay ask it well you know started telling me about the Church of Christ. He goes to and he's, you know, his wife's been there a long time. He's in been there and he's talking about their doctrine of no music and this, that, and the other. And the whole time he's saying it, he's kind of trying to justify it by the words of his pastor and stuff. But the whole time I know that he's a believer in his spirit, I just knew. And I said, sir, you're telling me all of this, but I'm here in your heart. You really don't even believe it. And he put his head down and said, you know, you're right. I don't even believe it. I said, dude, the Lord wants to set you free today. He sent me here. You think he sent me to buy a car from you? He sent me here to speak this word into your life. Begin speaking words, show him some things on our website, let him go to and stuff. He said, well, my wife's been in this for so many years. She served. I said, praise the Lord. Hey, God's more important. Your marriage is important. Love her and go. But I want you to go visit somewhere else here and there. And look. listen, God wants to set you free and he wants to set her free too. Some visitors here to so see 10 fresh start. I don't know. It might be 10 families. I don't know what church you go to or if you go or if you don't or what denomination you belong to. Whatever it was, in the name of Jesus, I set you free. Yes. Wow. First time I did that, it just came out. And I said, God, do I really have the authority to do that? Yes. Whoever was whatever denomination you belong to right now, you don't anymore. And now... You have to make a conscious decision after hearing this word. Lord, what am I going to do now? Well, you can go back to your family's church if that's where God leads you. But if he doesn't, you better obey the Lord. Because you've been set free. By the power of the freedom of the gospel of Christ. Hello. Gosh. See, Lord. Can we really do that? Yes. It is done. Now you got to deal with it. Mm. Look, you scoffers. He preaches the gospel, then he says, look, you scoffers. I'm going to do something in that day which is so wild and radical that many won't believe that it can be this good. Guys, don't, I'm not talking about something cheap. Don't ever confuse grace with cheap grace. I'm talking about the precious blood of my Savior, Jesus Christ. There's nothing cheap about it. You see, when he did that, he purchased you by his precious blood. And the blood was accepted by the Father as full payment once and for all for all of your sin. And that's not cheap. I follow Christ not out of fear of breaking this denomination's rules. Because Brian, we don't have a denomination. And the only rule we have is love God and love your neighbor. I don't follow God out of fear of judgment. I follow God because what Jesus did is so good. I want to follow him. You see, here's the difference that I'm closing. The old covenant law... Just to make this practical for you so you can use today in your life, in this coming week. The law put demands on you. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt do this. Thou shalt not do that. It put demands on you that you couldn't handle because of your sin nature. Grace supplies. The law demands. Grace supplies the righteousness you need to live a holy life because it's given to you, imparted into your spirit, and you become righteous so you live righteous because that's who you are. It's about who you are, not what you do. What you do will follow who you are. And when you come to know you're the righteousness of God in Christ, what's in you will flow out. If you're struggling with living it, you know what we need for you? If you've, you just got saved, you got off of drugs, you're, 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 you understand some and it's in you. Now we need to renew your mind to the truth of who you are so you can live out what's in you. Praise, Praise the Lord. Grace supplies it. The law demands it. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Hebrews chapter 8. I will make a new covenant with you in that day and I will make a new covenant. I will put my law on your heart instead of on a stone, and it's going to be in you. I will forgive your iniquity. I will remember your sin no more. New Testament is about what Jesus has done. Old Covenant is about what you have to do. If you go into a church, it's all about what you have to do. Get out of there. It's a lie. I told you I was closing. Let me try to be truthful. The crux of the matter. Take that home with you. Acts 13, 38, 39. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes. Everybody say everyone. Everyone. Who who believes. Is justified from everything you could not be justified by your religion. Wow. God supplies righteousness to sinfully bankrupt man. The law demanded from man what he could not do it is finished to tell us die. He cried out. The veil was torn. Watch this picture. The veil was torn from top to bottom. Now the grace came flooding out to mankind to supply you and everything you need. Watch this. It's not works anymore. It's a flow. If you've got a job to do, you're going for an interview. You've got something to happen. You're nervous and upset and, and it's going to put a demand and pressure on you. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And you're, it's, you're being demanded of. If you get into to God and say hey Lord God you are my supply you are my righteousness you are my strength and then what you do it's a flow of walking with him rather than a pressure it becomes a rest you enter his finished work which means you enter his rest hey we still do a lot but we do a lot out of a position of accomplishments already done and I'm resting in the victory that he has